Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Working Experience Podcast. This is Matty Kay. And John, welcome. Matt, what are we going to dive deep into today? How being a workaholic differs from working long hours. Now, let me just say from the outset, I don't work long hours, and I would not classify myself as a workaholic. So I'm really going to have to study, because this whole concept is very foreign to me. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the other side of that coin. I am a workaholic, yeah. and I work long hours. So how, how does, what's the definition of me? You know what I realized? Uh, that's what's great about this podcast. I mean, there's a lot of things that are really great about this podcast. But what I've realized is that we have two sides of the coin. John hustles. He's always working. He's always closing deals. He's always, you know, 
20 hours a day. I... Uh, excuse me, Matt. That's 22 hours You're a day. open 22 hours don't, a don't day. Don't undersell me. <laughs> I, on the other hand, try... I Well, I would classify myself as a minimalist when it comes to work. You know what I'm saying? I try to do as little as possible... Um, let me, let me just put it this way. If the minimum weren't enough, it wouldn't be called the minimum, correct? I, I, I agree with that. Matt yeah. looks at the baseline yeah. and then ducks under that consistently. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about lowering the bar. So certainly the term workaholic <laughs> does not apply to me. Um, so the idea... Well, I, but before we jump in, I just got a really funny story. My son, who is 11, and his friend Jackson, who's also 11, have listened to the podcast. And what they love to do is when I'm talking with another adult, like if I'm just, you know, a conversation with another adult, they'll look at me, point at me, and go, the working experience. Like um, conducting an interview with this person, <laughs> and they think it's the funniest thing in the world. You mean if, if you're in real life talking to another adult? Yeah, if I'm in real life and I'm just talking with another adult, they think it's, they think it's an interview that should be on the podcast. Because you're always hustling. That's what they see. That, that's what they see. Listen, young kids, they get it. They know, they can see the hustle. They can see it in my eyes. If they see you talking to another adult, they assume you're selling them something. Always. <laughs> assume, always, always selling. Yeah, they assume that you're... Now, if people see me talking to another adult, they assume I'm trying to get out of something. I'm trying to shove responsibility or, or I'm trying to... Like if my students see me talking to you know, the head of my department or something like that. They just assume I'm coming up with excuses for why I didn't get fill in the blank done. Yeah, it's it's a it's a circle of blame and trying to get out of things with Matt. Yeah, don't underestimate the power of the shrug and the sort of mumbled I don't know, I jeez. You know, yeah, like, what are you gonna do well, I, when you're going after someone and, and they come back with the shrug? The shrug and the blank look and the oh okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, you know. So, um, there is a difference, according to Pocketworthy, this is from the Harvard Business Review, by Nancy P. Rothbard, and I am going to butcher this person's name, Likey Ten Brumelhois. Oh, that, you did, you did butcher that. Well, I don't know, how, how do you pronounce it? L-I-B-K-E. You're asking the wrong person. Likey, because I-E is... That's an I sound. Listen, I'm I'm on a I'm on a first name basis with everyone. I get I get personal. I don't bother with the last name. You don't say Nancy. You say Nance. Yeah, Nance. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. Their nickname that doesn't exist that I've made up on the spot. And you're also like if some guy's name is Ted Grossbard, it's T G to you. T G, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and also when you know someone when like there's a Joe. And they prefer to be called Joseph, or there's a Chris, and they prefer to be called Christopher. No matter how many times they remind me of that fact, it's always Chrissy. Yeah, Joey. Joey. And you're Joey. always in there, Joey, bing, bang, boom. Joey, up a... it's, it's Joseph. I know Joey. Right in there. You're we're, right we're... in there. 
I like I like using Bub or Chief or Buddy Boy. Hey, Buddy Boy. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Buddy. Yeah, Buddy. You know, I honestly have a problem with Buddy. I don't. I don't like it when people call me Buddy because I. There, to me, there's like an undercurrent there where it's like you know, yeah, no what, problem. What about uh, what about Stud? Hey, Stud. I would take that as an insult. I would take that as somebody like being sarcastic. You know, I I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess it depends you're not, on the, you're not a stud. It depends when people on the call context. me a stud, I I just I bathe in that light. <laughs> or people call me big guy. Hey, you first big guy. Some guy just called me big guy like two Fridays ago. I was yeah, but a, big guy, you're you're tall. How tall are you, Matt? That's six two. Yeah, I mean that's you're I know, big, but I, you're I'm a tall guy. I'm forty five years old. <laughs> I don't like. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but big big guy. Big guy you know, hey, big guy, hey, <laughs> hey. Well, anyway, uh, to get back to our original topic here, um, how being a workaholic differs from working long hours. Now, I read this article. I don't. I mean, I sort of understand the point. They talk about Hannah first. She's a finance director at an international home care retailer. She works long hours, 9 to 5 at work. She'll work another four hours, closing her laptop at midnight. Works weekends. Even though she works 60 to 65 hours a week, she told us she can switch off when she needs to. She hasn't had to worry about her health. Okay, fair enough. That's because that's cause she's only working 60 to 65 hours a week. I mean, to you... got to bump that up into the triple digits, my friend. To you, that's a part-time job. That's a, that's a side hustle. 60 to 65 in a week. To me, anything over 30, I am, I, forget it. My productivity is done. Done. Michael, the director of strategy for an American insurance company. Okay, right, right, right there. Right I there, my, off a bridge. my heart <laughs> drops into my stomach <laughs> as I hear director of strategy for an American insurance company. Oh, my God. Does not work as much as Hannah. His workday usually starts at 8, finishes no later than 6. That's, that's 10 hours a day. He often leaves work at 3 p.m. on Fridays, even though he works an average of 45 hours a week and is single with no kids. He has a hard time, quote-unquote, switching off and unwinding from his job. He's constantly checking his email, worrying about work. A few months ago at a routine health check, his doctor noted he had high LDL cholesterol which raises his risk for cardiovascular disease and diabetes. He was prescribed now, my, medication to lower it. Now, my question for Michael is why? Why would you care about your function as a director of strategy for an American insurance company? Why? Well, Why have that much weight in what you do? Well, the thing is, it sounds like they're kind of splitting hairs here. Like, if he's checking his email, I mean, that's working. I don't, I don't know, like how they. Yeah, but it seems like from the article, like Michael can't let go of you know he's he's constantly terrified and worried about what he's done, and it's, it's running. You know, he's replaying it in his mind. Where Hannah works more than Michael, but she can then disconnect yeah i mean it all and the yeah. the beauty of manny manny k is he can disconnect at work so there matt's stress levels are like negative numbers because he 
could care less even when he's at work. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't disconnect because I've never really connected in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would assume I was engaged at some point, which, hey, look, I, I put in the effort at the facade, you know, I show up, I wear a shirt and tie. How's that? I, I like the term facade. Yeah. It's, there's, there's nothing behind the facade. Yeah, but isn't that a ton of these jobs? Remember we talked oh, about... Oh, absolutely. Bullshit jobs. And there's a book yeah. entitled Bullshit Jobs. Exactly, and that's why Michael... Michael most likely is in a bullshit job. Oh, director of strategy? What is that? He, and he should, he should just relax. He's he's not in charge of a nuclear power plant or or a brain surgeon. You know, look, Mike. No, I if know. you stopped working for the next six weeks, I'm sure life would go on uh, pretty smoothly. I would say without my, well, maybe that's the stress. I mean, he knows if he just disappeared into the crack of of the floor in his office and and no, or he didn't even bother showing up for work, like. They probably wouldn't notice for months. Right, maybe there. you're right. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's terrified that someone's going to find out that he actually does nothing. Well, that that's how, you know when people talk about jobs where they don't have to do anything. To me, that's very stressful because it's like, you know, I don't know, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, I mean, what? I mean, I know some state jobs and things like that. Town jobs are kind of notorious for those things, but it's like. If somebody, if some other supervisor comes in, you know, and figures out the dead weight, it's like, uh oh, you know, here we go. Here yeah, comes that's the old not, That's non existent in my world because I'm always hustling. Yeah, you're an always gland handing, working yeah. the room. Well, maybe that's why this guy's worried. Well, the other thing I, I would also say is that a lot of people substitute worrying for work, for like actually doing anything. And it's like, okay, like, it sounds like Hannah, I mean, 60 to 65 hours a week is a lot. Now, there's also fulfillment if she enjoys her job, or Michael, I don't know how Michael could enjoy that, but let's say theoretically it's possible. Uh, You know, there's fulfillment, like you feel good, you've done, you know, if you're building your own business or something like that or whatever. But I I, I had this conversation with a student who um, at the end of the year was kind of hounding me about her grade. She wanted to get above a certain grade because she's applying to college and things like that. And then in the third marking period, her grade had taken a massive hit. She simply didn't do this pretty easy project that was worth a test grade. She just didn't do it. She did like 20% of it, and that's what she got, and her grade took a huge hit. And now she's worried about it. she, She got a 20 on it? Yeah, she just didn't do it. I, I love when my boys tell me, like, they'll tell me their classmates' grades, and they'd be like, hey, yeah, Timmy got an 18. And yeah. I was like, an 18 out of 100? Yeah. Oh, oh, it it happens on vocabulary quizzes, stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of disheartening sometimes. <laughs> it's I mean, you you have to try to get a grade that low. If you're in my, uh, they call them college prep classes, and they are the... They're not the, there's AP, there's honors, there's college prep. Some schools will have like college prep one and then college prep two. College prep two would be like pretty low. And a lot of times it's not kids with learning disabilities particularly. It's just kids who are not 
going to college. They don't particularly care that much. So if you're in my college prep class, you really have to try to fail that class. I mean, I'm not generally failing anybody, especially in the, they're in the 11th, 12th grade. Like, you know, if you don't do anything, then you're going to pay the consequences. But if you give me some effort, particularly on that thing, and, and she's a smart kid, too, is the other thing. So my point was like, look, now I'll just call her Lisa. Like, Lisa, you're in here worrying about this now. When two months ago, if you had just done that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. She's like, well, I know. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to arbitrarily raise your grade. You're going to have to do something about this. And, you know, so I, and again, it goes to like Michael. Like, if he spends all this time worrying about his job, like, well, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know. Do, and maybe you're right. Maybe there's nothing more for him to do, which is stressful in itself. So. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, you, you do have to, and what the article was saying that they did a study, I think it was a Dutch study where they took uh, like 3,500 people and they found that it wasn't necessarily the people that worked more that were in poor health. It was people that were able to, um, you know, the people that were not able just to leave work and, you know, not worry about it, um, they they were in better health than their peers that, you know, you know, obsessed about or had anxiety uh, about upcoming meetings or actions that they took at work that might you know blow up in their face. Yeah, I, well, sure. Sometimes there are specific things to worry about, like you know, you didn't get something done, and and maybe you worked really hard on it, and your boss was like, "This is crap." or you didn't do the presentation right. Or, and maybe your boss is an evil person who just, you, no matter what you do, they're just going to keep trashing it. And that can be very stressful. But Or maybe just feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're like, you know, when people graduate from law school and they go to work at these firms, they try to kill these people. 90, oh, they do. They, yeah. they literally try to kill them. Because they want to see who's going to last. And I know I myself could never do that. I forget it. I'm done. So, but then there are people who, you know, they go to Harvard Law School, they go to Yale, Princeton, they've come that far. So they figure, well, you know, I got to, it's time to work. But you know what? Um, but there was a philosophy I heard. It just said, you know, do the work and don't worry about it. Like, just, just do the work and stop. Like, you suck up so much energy and time and lose sleep. And now that's easier said than done. I've certainly lost sleep over work and things like that. But, yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, stop sitting there on your phone playing Candy Crush and saying you're so worried about your work, but you're not doing it. Like, what? I, I And again, I've seen this in the classroom. Like, you're sitting there on your phone and you're not paying attention to what I'm telling you. Then we have a test. You don't know what's going on. Like, are you not connecting the dots between those two things? And the kids who do well are generally the ones who pay attention, take a few notes. Like, it's not rocket science. You know, it's really not, not rocket science. Well, the, uh, the article goes on to explain uh, Linda, a uh, personal injury lawyer, uh, who oh, they interviewed separately man. from the study. Don't you just yep. love, oh, personal injury law? Ooh. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Hold on, <laughs> give me a second. She readily admits to her work addiction, but simply 
but says she simply enjoys her work too much to change. Linda works for a medium-sized law firm in Canada, and although her hours are exceptionally low for a lawyer, 40 hours per week, she feels guilty when she's not working and often tries to overcome, uh, often tries to come up with solutions for her clients off the job. 40 hours a week for a lawyer? So she finds it difficult to fully engage and play with her five-year-old after work. She often experiences headaches and difficulty sleeping as she ruminates about work and thinks up new ways of tackling work challenges. Like what, you're, you're representing Tim who took a sip of McDonald's coffee that was too hot and you're suing for $25 million? See, I don't know. What she says doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, if you felt like that, then you should... I mean, first of all, 40 hours a week for a lawyer is She should of, just work more. Well, uh, that, I don't... I, I mean, this sounds like BS. Honestly, it just sounds like BS. It sounds like one of those people who says, oh, gee, I worry about work so much and da-da. Well, then work. Or don't. I don't know. Well, she might be the only person in the world that loves her job as a personal injury attorney. Yeah, but you only do it 40 hours a week. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, I, I, her, this doesn't make any sense to me. That what? First of all, most lawyers are working like 60, 70, 80 hours a week, especially if you're a personal injury lawyer. Like, you're always supposed to be hustling cases. You're always supposed to be... Like, that. that's what I would find very stressful about being that sort of attorney. I mean, there are some lawyers who are corporate lawyers. There are lawyers who work for the federal government. They do a nine to five. You know, I mean, it's paperwork. That's what you do. It's and it's it's a ton of reading. Ton, just constantly reading. Constantly reading the most dry crap. No one would ever want to read. And you have to pay very close attention. Um, and some people they're built for that. Their mind is built for that. They can do that for ten hours, and it's no problem for them. But her story sounds like, I don't know, I, just, I don't understand what she's talking about. If she's so addicted to her work, why does she only work eight hours a day? Well, I guess, I guess she's trying to balance the, the work-life balance with her family, her husband, and her child. She's, she's bit, the, the article says that, quote, what she's saying is, there is really not much wrong with me, at least not physically. I just need more hours in the day. I don't know. I, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really... I mean, if she said she worked 80 hours a week and was trying to find more hours in the day, I guess that would make more sense to me. You know what I like, though, here? Is it says, uh, our research shows we sought to unravel the difference between behavior and mentality. Uh, behavior being working long hours, mentality being a compulsion to work, or what we call workaholism. Again, I don't really understand the difference between those two things. But what stood out for me was, we conducted a study in 2010 at a Dutch subsidiary of an international financial consulting firm with over 3,500 employees. We asked employees to complete a survey and then sign up for a health screening conducted by medical staff. 763 employees completed both. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, screw it. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Forget it. <laughs> 763 out of 3,500? That's not, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm, I'm sure a good thousand of them just told them to F off. Yeah, like I have too much work to do, leave me alone. This is kind of interesting. The term workaholic was coined in 1971 
by the psychologist Wayne E. Oates, who referred to an uncontrollable need to work incessantly as an addiction. Workaholics are characterized by having an inner compulsive drive to work hard, thinking about work constantly, and feeling guilty and restless when they're not working. Workaholism, that's me. That's, that's me. you. Often goes hand in hand with working long hours, but the two are distinct. It's possible to work long hours without being obsessed with work, and it's possible to be obsessed with work, but only work 35 hours a week or less. The first one I could agree with. The second one, again, those people seem to fall into categories of like, gee, I worry so much, and oh, I care so much, but they don't, they watch television. You know, like, they don't actually do anything. Like, those type of people drive me crazy, who talk so much about it, and this and that, and oh, I'm so worried, and I lose sleep, and, uh, well, then just get your work done. Like, I don't know. Like, what's... I worked with somebody. It's it's like the dog chasing the tail. I mean, it's... Some people just love to complain. Yes. They love to be in that, um, you know, the victim mentality of uh, you know and they want the attention from it they want it's it's like look like look at me i mean every every human is out there seeking attention they're seeking approval they're seeking you know love um and you know for for some people they really enjoy being miserable I know, I know people. I know people who enjoy being like if you came in and you just waved a magic wand and gave them everything they wanted, they would be even more miserable yeah. because then they would have nothing to complain about. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I worked with this woman. She was a young teacher, and you know, I, I guess she felt pretty. It, it's tough when you're a new teacher. Like you have three years of probation. And they can fire you at any time without any cause. And you really have to prove yourself. And this is in the state of Massachusetts. I don't know what it's like other places. But, you know, if they're not digging you, they give you bad evaluations. Or even if they don't, they can let you go. But this, I I got the impression she was kind of driving the head of the department crazy. I only worked at this school for like three months. And it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. And the department head was a really nice woman good at her job and everything but you know she wasn't like all over you you know about stuff didn't seem to be anyway and this woman you know she would like we all ate lunch together and uh the head of the department sue would be like oh how's everybody's weekend and whatnot and she would invariably say oh i i corrected papers all weekend it's like Are you kidding? Like, what? It's like that SNL, was the Debbie Downer? Remember the Debbie yes, Downer character? Yes, yes, yeah. It was very much like, and I got the impression after, you know, Sue, well, I was there for this. Sue was like, really? Like, what? You know, she's like, yeah, I had essays. And Sue was like, just, no, like, five minutes on an essay. Just plow through it. Like, I, I've, to... I've been, sorry to cut you off, but I've been known just to leave those conversations <laughs> like i will literally be in a conversation with with someone and i'll make like oh i've got to go speak to someone else and i'll just leave I, yeah. I just can't be around that no and she would let you know that she was sick she would start talking and her voice oh you know like she always had something to be like oh my god like getting sympathy it was getting sympathy and then i overheard her one time 
saying like it was in the morning and she was saying oh i meant to get here at six because i have so much work to do but then i did and she was single no kids or anything but i couldn't because like right of course you couldn't because blah 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 you know it's just like once again like you know I, i i remember a story i was um this was the last summer i was um someone invited me on a boat we go on the boat and one of these debbie downer people this woman was on the boat just as soon as we 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 were on the water we head off from the dock complaint just complaint (laughs) after complaint and i'm like i'm and now i'm on like a like a four-hour tour so you're trapped you're you're trapped on a boat (laughs) we're trapped on a boat trapped on like a like a 28 foot speedboat so you know the kids are there or whatnot so we we get out to this spot and we're gonna go tubing and you know jump in the water and all that stuff and I'm looking at the shoreline and I'm like, if I jump off the boat, <laughs> can I make it to the shore? Like I was gonna right. swim to the shoreline and right. just walk home. Like yeah. that's how annoying it was. Right. And then I was like, no, nah, with the currents and stuff, I could get hit by a boat. I don't know, eat by a shark. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Maybe but it's then, worth it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's worth it. But then we park, and like all the kids, like we set up like this flotation device, like this uh, this thing in the water, and all the kids jump in, and all the adults are like drinking, but she's on the boat, and I'm like, forget this. So I jump in with the kids. I'm Matt. I'm in the water for like a solid two hours. I'm like, I've got like prune hands. I just will not go back in the boat. And they're telling me, they're like, John, come back in the boat. I'm like, no, I'm good. The water's beautiful. And the water was like freezing. I'd rather, I'd rather the pain than just to hear her constant, constant like complaints. Was she there with anybody? Like, was she there with a husband or? Uh, yeah, his husband was miserable. <laughs> What was she just, complaining about? It's everything, her, her man. Job or just, every, so job. Yeah. Uh, not enough time with the kids. Oh, the, you know, the kids were annoying, and yeah. now the summer's out, and she's going to have to spend time with the kids. But she would be complaining about not spending enough time with the kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Now she's got more time with the kids, and she's complaining about that. Oh. Complaining about vacations. Like Ugh. going on vacation is a beautiful spot, and then what went wrong? Like and staying in like five Ugh. star accommodations, uh, complaining about their boat, complaining about cars, complaining about the uh, people who cut their lawn, the people who clean their house. Ha- I mean, literally everything was a complaint. Literally. Complaining about the people who clean her house and cut her lawn. <laughs> that yeah. is. Amazing. You'd wonder what the people who clean her house and cut her lawn complain about. What their issues are, you know? Ugh. Nowhere near her issues. No, no, no. no, no. Um, so I get a little concerned when I read these um, things that I might, in fact, be a workaholic. You know, I worry that I could have workaholic tendencies. You know, I read this and I start to get stressed, right? So, um, they ask participants about workaholic tendencies. For example, I feel guilty when I'm not working on something. Dodged a bullet on that one. I don't feel guilty at all when I'm not working on something. In fact... Zero remorse. In fact, I get angry when I'm forced to work on something. I get very bitter and very resentful when when I have anything put on me. Even if it's just like getting groceries that I'm going to consume. 
I get mad. Um, I put myself under pressure with self-imposed deadlines when I work. Dodged a bullet on that one. So yeah, what what, what is a deadline? <sighs> I think I'm good. De- deadline. I think I'm good. You know, I told my my students we're all going to be dead someday anyway. So what does it matter, right? Deadline. So what? We're all going to die. No yeah, you're deal. just rushing around. One one of my favorite. Um, sorry, sorry to cut you off on your train of thought, but one of my favorite things is what we've we go down to the uh, the Caribbean. Uh, with a family, um, we, we've been doing it pretty much every year, <clears throat> uh, specifically the Bahamas, but other islands too. And I love the mentality of the island, uh, you know, the na- the native wherever we are, the um, yeah. in the Bahamas or whatever. There just there's no rush to life. There's just you know it just unfolds you know out in front of them. But the favorite thing for me is to see. Um, you know, the, most of the people going in these islands are from the U.S., from the mainland, and also from Europe and around the world. Is they sit down to dinner and lunch, and the, and they're you know they're in this foreign country, this unfettered like non-rushed life, and they're complaining that they didn't get their French fries in three seconds <laughs> or just. And they're sitting in a restaurant. It's like a beautiful, like right on the ocean. Yeah, and yeah. just complaining to the waitress, where's my drinks, <laughs> my burger, my fried fish? And it's like, listen, just relax. I know. Like, where where are you? What's, what's the deal? Like, what's the Oh, oh they got to go, you know, they got to go on the charter boat. And they got to <laughs> get back on the, the, the ship. And they got to eat. And they gotta, it's, just, it's just a bunch of crap. I um, here's some other things I dodged. We found that workaholics, whether they work long hours, reported more health complaints, had increased risk for metabolic metabolic syndrome. Nope, I'm good. They also reported a higher need for recovery. I don't really have anything to recover from, so I think I'm good with that. More sleep problems. Nope, I get 12, 14 hours sleep, a night. You sleep like a baby. More cynicism. I mean, life for me is like My Little Pony or uh, Hana Lee. You know, I'm all good. Uh, more emotional exhaustion. Nope. Good. Zero, zero emotion. Nope. More depressive feelings. Nope. <laughs> See, I'm all, I'm all good. Jeez, <laughs> I feel not, I feel pretty relieved. You now. man, this should this should be a master class on how to avoid work as workaholism. Yeah, I'm I'm your guy. I'm your guy. How to Care cope, less. How to cope with stress. Quit your job. What are you guys talking, why are they making this so difficult? You know, Pro and anti-inflammatory cytokines. What the hell are these? Jesus. See, what people have to realize is that we're, we're in a game, right? And you have to realize you're in the game. You don't get so caught up in the game. When talking, this is the lawyer you were talking about. When talking to her husband and a trusted colleague about the ongoing headaches and sleep problems, they both urged her to visit the doctor. But she initially she resisted. She told us there's really not much wrong with me, at least not physically. Like what? <laughs> Obviously, there's something wrong with you. I mean, I don't know if it's psychological. I mean, a lot of these issues are psychological. Jesus, these people obsess so, over so work. That, that sounds like a happy marriage. 
with, yeah. with Linda, the personal injury. I'm sure this. I'm sure they're having sex 18 times a week. Well, I um, I I really I have part of my ongoing side hustle is a lot of slip and fall cases. So I'll I'll go into a grocery there, store. Someone is always going to slip and fall. I look for those signs, you know, those yellow signs they put down, caution, and I go right for that, and I just let my legs go right out from under me, boom, mm. slip and fall. There you my, go. My favorite thing is in the winter is I look at the forecast, I'm like, oh, sleet, snow? So I get out real early in the morning before the businesses have a chance to uh, shovel or plow their sidewalk. And just take a stroll, <laughs> stroll down memory lane, and good old Johnny goes right up and down. Back, disc, whiplash. Everything. Yeah. I, bring, I bring one of the boys to document it. Be like, Dad, come on. We're not doing this again. Get in the car. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I got to get some money rolling in here. I got to finance <laughs> the new scheme. Come on, man. This is some good quick cash. Usually they sell. <laughs> they, they, they judge knows me in the courtroom. Yeah. So many, so many cases. They're like, oh, Mr. Mr. Brancaccio again. Yeah. Gee, you seem to slip and fall quite a bit. Well, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous... Yeah. Dangerous world it's a, out there. It's a dangerous life out there, Your Honor. I um, yeah. Except they have me on surveillance video, placing the caution <laughs> sign there, and then taking a, a, the most obvious. I don't even you, get you're hurt. Caught you know? multiple times in your right. your spiral of lies. Take take three. Okay, let's do take three <laughs> on this. Make it look a little more convincing. Come on, get that camera up. Let's go. All right, All right. Well, we got to we got to talk about uh, we're talking about another article. Okay, too. so on the the, flip the new side, approach to work life balance. Yes, and this is HR trying to help you with tips and strategies to help you find time for dot 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 you. Okay, uh, let's see. Nearly half of American workers check email after they leave work. I don't do that. Forty five percent say they do work during non business hours. Not me. Uh, so, whew, boy, dodging bullets. I had, I had, I should have written this, really. Um, well, there, there's also, today's always-on mentality has serious consequences. Stanford professors, Joel Gould, uh, Jeffrey Pfeffer, who we interviewed. Yes. And Stephanus Zionis found that more than 120,000 deaths per year, approximately 4 to 8% of annual health care costs may be attributed to workplace stress from Long hours doesn't apply to Matt. Nope. Job insecurity. Nope. Wow. Well, Work yeah, family that, conflict. That, that definitely does. <laughs> but I don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah. High job demands and yeah. low social support at work. Social hmm. support at work. I guess that's what HR is supposed to do. I don't know. I like, yeah. I mean, what are they supposed to tell you if your job is not secure? You know, like, hey. Sorry, you should feel good about yourself, though. 120,000 deaths per year attributed to well, workplace this, this, stress. This is a sad statistic. Project Time Off, this is ridiculous, found that more than half of American workers don't take all of the vacation days they've earned. Oh, what a depressing stat. Yeah, I guess they... Uh... You're always worried, I guess, that somebody's going to be taking your spot if you're not in your spot, you know? 
Uh, let's see. By contrast, many other countries offer or mandate additional vacation days. Uh, Center for Economic and Policy Research found that the United States is the only country surveyed that doesn't have a law requiring paid leave. Compare that to Germany, 20 days. The UK, 28 days. Australia, 20 days. They pay you to take off. That's in addition to your... 20, 28 days in uh, Britain. I like that. Four weeks. Yeah, that's pretty good. You got a month. Uh, let's how many see. How many days do you get, Matt? You get like over 100? 180. I'm a teacher. Got 180 Jesus. days. And you know what? I actually overheard a colleague say... Well, after 4th of July, summer vacation is basically over anyway. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not. After the 4th of July, you still have like eight weeks. No. 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 For, for he, the, that, no. that colleague's worrying about the start of the school year. Totally. I mean, there are people, I guarantee you, like, the I don't know, probably two weeks after, or certainly after the 4th of July, they're already, like, thinking about and getting like depressed about to uh you know the next school year like they that's that's how people are i well i like the uh in this article they have the work life balance matrix like i always like to put things in bar graphs and matrices and excel spreadsheets especially with my life i love the word matrix the only matrix yeah but isn't i only know keanu reeves when i hear matrix i don't other than you know you know what I mean, and the oracle. Well, yes. So, <laughs> That's all so your so your family should have thirty percent of your time, and the satisfaction of of said family would be ninety five percent. Career is twenty five percent. Satisfaction is sixty five percent. Hobbies ten percent. Satisfaction ninety percent. Charity twenty percent. Jesus. Um, satisfaction 85% and education 15% satisfaction 80%. Would no. you agree with those uh, no. breakdowns, Manny? No. First of all, charity? Look, you're supposed to be... What does this mean? You're supposed to be devoting 20%? Charity? I, I, I need donations. Can charity be a negative number so I receive charity? Yeah, I would hope. Is that what that means? Wait, what does this mean? It means 30% of your time should be spent with your family is that what that means okay right so i think it's taking the weight the satisfaction and then the total what does the total mean the the total is like that's how that's how you should spend your time so the more satisfaction you get out of it you should weight that more so you should spend 27 percent of your time with your family Correct. correct and 16.25 percent of the time with your career i love that 16.25 they've nailed it i i have a i have a stopwatch <laughs> and it's done as soon as the as soon as that alarm goes off the done. family's done yeah you're done now no i think this is ridiculous nine percent of your time on your hobbies i mean well it all depends like if your hobby is your career which for some people it is then great i mean or some people don't really have a hobby. I don't know. This is... I mean, there's there's steps. Ridiculous. I mean, who does this? Step one, create a list of four to six categories that most contribute to your satisfaction in life. I mean, this is causing me stress just looking at this. Step two, assign... This, this seems like, this seems like a, an assignment. 
Yeah. Assign each of the chosen categories a percentage for the amount of time that category impacts your satisfaction. <laughs> I just, and I love this. Be be honest with yourself. No, That's impossible. No, I'm, no. I'm not only am I constantly lying to people, I'm constantly lying to myself. Once this is great. Once you've quantified your life satisfaction, it's time to start tackling areas with lower scores. Quantifying your life satisfaction. What what happens if um, I spend fifty percent of my time snorting coke? <laughs> right. And yeah. My satisfaction index is a hundred percent. Totally. Given this matrix, I should bump that number up to like sixty, seventy percent because I'm gaining the most satisfaction from said activity. Are too many hobbies making you feel stressed and frenetic? Jesus. <laughs> then drop the cut. I drop mean, the goddamn hobby. I mean, what? I don't understand. Like they tell you one thing, then they say, "No, it's going to cause too much stress." Do the other. It's like going to the gym and then seeing the ads for Burger King all the time. Like, good lord! Like they just bombard. You know, but I bet there are actually people who have done this. They've well, sat here, down. Here's- Here's the uh, seven work smart strategies. Number one, this is right up your alley, Matt. Just say no to low impact work. There is no such thing as low impact work. <laughs> Anything labeled work is devastating impact. I mean, come on. We all want to play as a team, but helping out on too many projects sucks up your time leaving too little for the work. Helping really, out. I don't do that at all. What who's who's volunteering to help out on other projects that are not know. under your... This is ridiculous. Hey, what I need to do is set a quality OKR, objectives and key results. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine sitting down... But there are actually people, I bet, who have done this, who have actually crunched these numbers to try to figure out, well, what does it say? Quantify their life satisfaction jesus christ these people all right just say no to low impact work stop multitasking break down well, i don't do that at all break down work into achievable tasks oh god make your meetings matter yeah, i would say cancel the meetings create checklists oh that's always oh fun. that's a big one i love that always got a checklist evaluate your daily schedule well uh Oh, make time for self-care. Okay, I can relate to this one. That's what I like. Because I, I need I need a lot of mental health days. I need a lot of self-examination. I need a... Oh, yeah, this, you know. oh here's, here's one. Freeze meals in pre-portioned <laughs> containers for easy reheating in the evenings. You know what? Just kill yourself. How about that? Why don't you just skip all this stuff and just kill yourself? You know what the delightful irony is? That this article is supposed to help you improve the quality of your life. This is a nightmare. Like, this is what (laughs) happens to people. Like, this this is like the running man or something. Like, oh my god. You, You know what you've done? You've turned your entire life into a job. And part of that job is relaxing. And he, and then you're not doing that enough. So you're not, oh my well, God. It, it, it reminds me of that, uh, this, this Silicon Valley startup. I think it's Solvent or something like that. It's that, the drink that tastes like a mix of chalk and like cardboard, but that will keep you alive. 
Like you mm. get all your nutrients from it. Good. And so a lot of like startup uh, guys and girls will drink this because they'll save time by not prepare, preparing their breakfast, lunch, or dinner. <laughs> Thank God. It's just come on. <laughs> all right, kids. Let's all consume. What's it called again? I think it's called solvent. Let's consume our solvent as a family. Ding! All right, family time is up. Let us aggregate the numbers. Let's pull all the uh, taste out of out of everything, and it's just, you might as well just get a take a pill or maybe an IV in the arm. Oh, I'm sure that that's definitely on the table. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure these people, you know, I don't know. It's like child pod number one, child pod number two, are performing satisfactorily. Listen to this. The woman who wrote this is an integrated marketing manager. This a, this thing is garbage. Here's another shock. one. If a long commute is non-negotiable, use that time for something that you've deemed important to your work-life balance. <laughs> Jesus. For, for instance, if you have a goal to advance your knowledge or learn a new skill, you can listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Well, not you can this, listen to this not podcast. This, no, not this one, but yeah. If you, <laughs> if you want to focus on your well-being, you can use apps like Headspace that offer guided meditations for relaxation. How about you cut out the crappy commute and the job, and then you'll be fine? How about singing? How about, <laughs> how about that? Is that yeah. good? Singing loudly, yes, I, or or rapping. Rapping, you could do that. I, uh, you know, I, I compose poetry. I, I do a lot of things while I'm driving on my commute. Well, thanks a lot, um, integrated marketing manager, for taking everyone's miserable life and quantifying it and making it even more miserable. Um, well, I think that could it actually could be the opening uh, scene to Death of a Salesman is opening up the freezer. And looking at all the labeled <laughs> frozen meals for the week. Ah, oh, I mean, like, there is so... You know what is missing from this matrix? A little three-letter word called joy. Apparently, <laughs> that does not factor into... Can you imagine... There's no, ti- there's no time for joy, Matt. There's no time. Joyless awful existence where yeah where, where does that where does joy fit into the matrix I, do i see it yeah the matrix no wonder those movies are called the matrix that's what you this could is. you could shove that matrix right up your ass yeah this is really awful i mean i this like does the person who wrote this honestly think this is a good idea I would love this is to. Just, this is just corporate crap and bullshit. I would love to sit down with the author of this and be like, can you please explain to me, like, do you honestly think this is a good idea? I mean, this is what makes somebody lose their mind and have a nervous oh, breakdown. This, this is mental institution stuff. Yeah, seriously. All right, everybody. Well, um, uh, oh, gee, I usually try to wrap up with a piece of wisdom, but. Uh, how about this? Zero. Zero. Avoid working too much. Avoid as much work as possible. Um, I'm going to put out a put up a top ten list on Instagram about how to get out of work. Um, you know, we want some real advice for people, not not this matrix stuff. We want some actual advice people can put into play. Um, well, well, it's Saturday uh, about eleven forty. And uh, I got to get off this podcast because I got to make my, my pre-made frozen meals for the week so I can save 41.3 minutes <laughs> off the work week. 
Well, you've also got a, a presentation for that new nutritional supplement, right? Oh, you know it, Manny. Yeah. You know it. Hey, I was going to tell you, um, senior centers and nursing homes, those are fertile hunting grounds for you for that kind of stuff. You Absolutely. You're hunched over. You're, you're yeah. having trouble walking. John's got Have I got it. the pill and the powder? I'm actually getting into powders now, Matt. Oh, there With, you go. It, yeah. it, was, it was pills, but I find that <clears throat> I can sell a big good old jug of powder for about 80 bucks and most of it is just soy and and like wheat and barley with about less than one percent of vitamins in there and a laxative <laughs> yeah i've gotten a, i've gotten a <laughs> see you got to go in and say hey edna how are you now let me just ask you do you have anyone in your family who's in law enforcement or a lawyer no okay great have uh, i got a product for you I'm, I'm always preying on the weakest members of society you don't have any pesky nephews or sons or daughters who are lawyers or anything like that no okay beatrice oh boy come on over gather around everybody larry you get over here too <laughs> yeah. everyone gather around <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look like such a nice young man. Oh, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> well, here we go with my presentation. All right, everybody. Um, don't work too hard. Don't fall into workaholism. It's as bad as drug addiction or alcoholism. or anything. Actually, it's drug, addiction is, drug addiction is probably healthier for you. It makes you feel good anyway. So, you know. I, I, I second that opinion. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have a, a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build engage and entertain your audience reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com i would love to hear from you and that's it the end the sweet end until our next audio encounter